A pragmatic U.S. Marine observes the dehumanizing effects the Vietnam War has on his fellow recruits from their brutal boot camp training to the bloody street fighting in Way. This is Movie Time Machine. Yeah, you wouldn't know what the theme song is now, would you? No. I've never listened to this. All right, and welcome to Movie Time Machine, where each week we take a movie from the past and relive it in the present. This week's movie, Full Metal Jacket, directed by Stanley Kubrick, released in the year 1987, starring Matthew Modine, Vincent D'Onofrio, and R. Lee Ermey. This is your Time Machine host, Chad. Before we get into our movie discussion, though, I want to go around the table, let's do some introductions, and let everyone know what we've been watching. Hey, this is Jamie, and I've uh, been inspired by Full Metal Jacket to dive into further military history, so I haven't watched anything yet, but I've got um, World War II in color queued up on Netflix. I'll start there and then move into Band of Brothers, which I still have not seen. Me either. I heard it's great. Me too. Casey here. Uh, haven't been really watching anything of note lately. Hey, this is Chris. I have just started Barry, which I'm two episodes in, and I'm really enjoying it. I heard that it's great, and yeah, we'll see. I like Bill Hader. Oh, that's, all right, cool. You have to let me know. Yeah, two two episodes in so far. So I watched good. the first episode on a plane. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it's a unique, like, it's an interesting premise, and I think they do yeah. it well so far. All right, sounds good. Well, this is your host, Chad, and I've been watching... The Outsider on HBO, so I think there's only a few few episodes left. So, really liking that now, but I'm seeing that it's a few episodes longer than I thought it was, and it's kind of disappointing because it seems like they're kind of stretching out the story. But I'm just kind of curious how this is going to end. But I like this so far. Did you finish The Watchmen? Yeah, it's the one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's probably in my top five, and it's only one season. They're not doing another one. So can we also just? Yep. Can we just briefly have a conversation? Maybe this is just going to be you and I or maybe everybody else, but I am so, so excited about the announcement that The Last of Us is going to be an HBO series done by the Chernobyl guy. All right, I'll grab yeah. that, guys. Yeah, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot wait. And I yeah. think that like there's already conversations around like who should play the characters. And like they're talking about like uh, uh, what is the, the Lannister, the... Which one? Is it, <laughs> well, trying, that's what I'm trying to think. Is it the Tyrion? Tyrion? Tyrion's the the guy. The, the, the no. The who's, brother. Who, the brother. Who loses the hand? Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, Lannister. Jamie Lannister is one. They're talking about Hugh Jackman. Um, oh, Hugh Jackman. That'll ruin. Only it. if he sings. <laughs> yeah. That would something ruin like it. this. You cannot put a that. You can't no, put a star like that. I actually, it. I actually think that the Jamie Lannister. I don't know. That would be. A good, I don't know his name, but he like yeah. they've done some like side by sides to the game, and he looks so much like him. Yeah, and it looks like Neil Druckmann's going to be. Yeah, he's going to be helping so, write like, this, like actually write. Yeah. So is, yeah, hopefully that'll be good. Is this the one where they take Ellen Page's likeness? Yeah. Yes, Would that be weird if it was like not her? No, I don't want it to be Ellen Page. No. She's too old be, now. Yeah, yeah, she's not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, the one the one person that they've been saying they actually said a couple. So they said that it's that essentially Maisie, the road with like zombies, zombies, but yeah. not zombies. Yeah. Which <laughs> I I feel like Druckmann stole my idea though for The Last of Us because <laughs> three you years, had this before him. Three. Yeah, I have a Facebook post on it from like 2010 because there's a. Was it 
uh, Planet Earth, that Planet Earth series, there's a part in there where it talks about the the cordyceps fungus. Okay, that's what's in The Last mm-hmm. of Us that creates the the mushroom heads and mm-hmm. makes like these zombie characters where it like invades like it's like invading ants and it kind of mm-hmm. is like controlling the ants. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool if they made a movie about this where it like spread the humans. Yeah, Last of Us pandemic. Twenty-eight days later, where's my credits? Where's my credits? They stole my idea that I gave to Halo for the flood. That's that's what we're working with here. Don't worry, guys. I will go on Wikipedia and edit those things for you. <laughs> okay. and put your names on them. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well, you. I just have to say, I'm super excited. I can't yeah. wait. I'll oh, be yeah, like, I'll be really curious to see where it goes. I wasn't super excited by The Witcher. I didn't think they did a super great job with it. Um, but I don't know. I'm hopeful. I've heard Sonic is decent too. So, yeah says every video game review of a video game or a review of a video game movie oh, it's decent like video okay we're gonna go on a tangent so like video game <laughs> video game movies always get like we'll edit pass. this out like it's it's like yeah it's okay but if it wasn't a video game movie you'd be like oh it's total garbage yeah like the tomb raider movie come on tomb raider was terrible and i was really yeah. bummed out because i really like alicia yeah. vikander yeah. Like I want I wanted that to be so good cuz the game was so good. Why can't they like what is the missing sauce? What can't they figure Playing out? Playing it. Oh, is yeah. the missing sauce. I don't yeah. no, I don't think yeah. so. The interaction with the media is so good. You don't need video game movies though. Yeah, you I, I agree I, with I you. <laughs> I I actually don't cuz I think uh, like one of the games that I absolutely loved was the the last of us and i think they could like that story is so compelling yeah. like it's what, the road what they make well and i was gonna say another one is like i just said that then. Right. you did uh <laughs> zero horizon dawn is another like yeah. game that i thought the story the world that they create is so compelling i would love to see like that yeah. become more so what i think you're more into is the universe that they're creating the for sure story, and that's why i was really excited yeah. by the witcher too because i thought like the lore and everything that that was yeah. like was so it's so incredible and it's it so amazing. It'd be better if they told a story within that world that was built versus following the same yes, characters the that yeah sure thousand percent of the game. Yeah. I, I could get behind that. Yeah, but I still think like that. Those are those are video game movies because that's the platform that it was created on. Right, right. I ride oh. pretty hard for Resident Evil, just as a horror fan. Do you like them? What well, I, I do, I really do. I the movies or the games? Resident Evil. Yeah, I yes. thought you were talking about the games, or I'm sorry, the movies. I thought you were talking. There about. There was a scene. I don't know which movie it was. I know it was Resident Evil. Where, where she like shoots the floor. Is it, is it the one where she's on the bike? Oh no, she, there's one where she like shoots yes, the floor. The bike. Yes. It's like she's on a bike, and I think one of the liquor things is in like a during the church, and she jumps on the bike and flings the bike at. Oh, I think that's Apocalypse. And shoots it with the guns. Yep, it's perfect. No, no, it's yeah. No, I was thinking she did one. She did one where she shot the floor. She must have been like like, on an upper while. Yeah, yeah, an upper level, and she's shooting around her so that she can like fall Fall through the fall through the floor with the piece that she's shot, and it's just. So, Did she have like two guns? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. In the, terrible. I think it was the first Resident Evil movie. They had a scene where they were in this weird security corridor, yeah. and it like a laser thing cut a dude's like face off. Yes, that I remember that. That was really sweet. Oh, I can't wait. You, you all are so fooled. You thought we were gonna do Full Metal Jacket, but right. really, it's one three seven Resident <laughs> Evil. Yep. 
Can I also just say <laughs> you've been punked? Why has nobody? I feel like one of you two, you two are choosing like Wes Anderson, but I was absolutely thinking like, why did nobody choose like a really like bizarre director like a Larry, like Larry Clark? Like nobody picked this like super. I was really close to picking up Night like, Shyamalan just to really? fight yeah. over whether or not like, they were I feel good. Like we needed, we need someone to just pick that fucking weird one. Yeah, it's been kind of fun though taking these bigger. Oh, for sure. Names to kind of explore them, and I'm excited. Like Fincher, I'm really excited for. Yeah. And the only reason I'm not as much, but really, yeah. what? Why? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe my mind will be changed. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Actually, I haven't. I've. Well, whatever. Yeah. This is the Kubrick podcast about <laughs> Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, let's let, let's get back. <laughs> do we need, do we need to start from the beginning? So so should the podcast be two distinct episodes since the movie is clearly like two movies? Oh, back to part guy. one and part right. two. That's great. Right. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, I like that. So part one of the podcast. Part one, part <laughs> one of the podcast. Full Metal Jacket opening scene. Was it goodbye? Or hello, goodbye. I'm going to Vietnam, or whatever. And they're everyone's getting their head shaved. That was yeah, mm-hmm. such I just a good love start. How that just yes. starts out. It's just like we don't even know who these people are. We yeah. don't even know like how big a role they're going to play in this film. And I just like how we go from this into the boot camp. Don't know their background, and that's how it started. Just kind of they lose their identity. Well, and right away too. I mean, the hair looks like bodies on the yeah. on the floor. Yeah. It's right away. It's like, oh, this is Vietnam. Okay, I know exactly what yeah. we're talking about. It's funny you say that too, that they're all kind of nameless, faceless, who know who these people are, because um that I thought was the was such a compelling part, like where you don't know who who is the, the main protagonist of this film. You don't know yeah. halfway through. And even I guess once the switch happens and you're you continue following Joker, I guess at that point you're kind of seeing who it is. But even his character from being the the bald headed recruit to when they actually start showing his personality a bit more in the second half, even that was kind of a striking difference because you know they are just hairless you know nobody's being thrown right. in a boot camp and being molded into these soldiers right and we only know them by like their nicknames that they're given yeah like mm-hmm. they're like chris i think earlier you said that this is your favorite Kubrick film it was and something that i was just looking up <clears throat> when we were when y'all were chatting was this movie uh came out in 1987 the same year that good morning vietnam came out which is really interesting because to both of these movies, well, I, I know Good Morning Vietnam did really well. I like that movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Like, yeah, it did really, really well. And I just, I think it's interesting that you would have two, they're not similar in the sense of the way that they, the story lays out, but they're similar in the sense like they're both war movies, both. Vietnam films. Yeah, Vietnam yeah. films. There's also Hampshire both, Hill came out that same year too. Yeah, and, and I was going to say like. Illinois Hill t- or. Hotel Illinois, I think. Yeah. Same year. And they have like they have really um like heavy moments in them as well. Yeah. Which is I don't know. It's interesting. But yes, this is my very favorite Kubrick film. Um I just think this has some of the most I don't know. It they have characters that you like. You they have characters that are a little bit more developed. They have um a little bit more I just felt like a little bit more straightforward of a of a storyline in arc than some of the others that we've seen. Um, and just I thought it was really well done. I thought the acting was really good. I thought Vincent D'Onofrio was great. Um, Joker's character was great. 
what is the sergeant? It's Lee something. Arlie Army. Yeah. Yeah. Was Sergeant Hartman. Yeah. It was really, really good. And I just like this movie kept me engaged and enthralled the whole time. Well, and you made the comment when we were talking about The Shining that Kubrick seems to have this fascination with uh, like people changing or becoming worse or what was that point you were making that they I were think, like he has he has this fascination with like transformation yeah is i think and i how think I art- mm-hmm. articulated yeah it. and i think the it's easy to point at obviously gomer and his transformation in the first act but i think the really more the more subtle one and even scarier is the is joker's transformation in the second act because he starts as this you know goofy go lucky you know reporter who at at first, when uh, Rafterman, when they were walking around, he was saying, "Let's go to the shit." He was like, "We can't go to the shit. You know, your mom will kill me." So when you first meet him there, he doesn't want to go anywhere. But then, fast forward to the end of the movie, not only is he the one that takes that shot to put the the other soldier out of his mis- his, her misery, uh, sniper, yeah. Um, yeah. rewind a little bit before that, uh, before uh, Cowboy even when they were gonna pull out after the two guys had died, and. Uh, Cowboy was taking some people to move up, and he was like, we're coming too. So he goes from this guy who wasn't going to even let him and Rafferman go to the shit, where now they, the two guys just got sniped up in front of him. He's like, hell yeah, let's go fight. Well, I so think just Joker, see his transformation there too. But Joker, his character in the second part, he was interested in getting into, getting into the shit from the get-go. Like... He was talking about um, when they were around the table doing the interview or doing the kind of debrief of like the stories. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking constantly about wanting to get into that and like be have more of these stories that maybe weren't as feel good and those kind of things. And I feel like the transformation that we saw was the story being told was the dichotomy of Rafterman and uh, um, and Joker. And Joker was always the one who was feigning this like strength of like. I'm a soldier. I want to get into it. I want to get, I know that I can kill. I know that I can do all these things. And is it, what, what is, is it Rafter man? What, what is it? He's a photographer. Is Rafter man. Yeah. Rafter. Okay. Rafter. Just want make sure I'm saying it right. Raptor or Raptor? Raptor. Raptor. Like, yeah. Raptors? Like on a raft. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. On a raft too. <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> Rafter man, rafter is that what you man. if you see someone Bally's floating on a raft, a raft are they a rafter? Can. No, I just <laughs> ever, think ever, yeah, ever. that would be a, a person rafting would be a rafter. Rafter, yeah, well, I guess that's, that's, so. that's correct. Um, nonetheless, so I think the 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 interest here in that transformation is the dichotomy of Joker becoming like is feigning this like strength and wanting to really like show you know that he's a warrior and can do all these things and is very confident. And Rafter Man's not, and then yeah, go to the the scene where the the sniper is being um, has been wounded and is slowly dying, and um, yeah, Joker can't actually stomach the idea of shooting this person, putting her out of her misery, and Rafter Man ends up doing it like that. No, I think you got it switched. No, Joker doesn't do it. Do what? Doesn't shoot the. No, I mean, Joker I think it's puts implied. Her, puts her. He puts her down. Oh, I see what you said. No, no, Joker. Joker Rafter, Rafter Man comes Rafter Man in, saves him, him from dying. His gun yeah. locks up. No, 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 no. But then after, when, 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 she's, down. when she's down and she's dying, he takes Joker Joker does? Yeah, no, yeah. I thought. Joker oh. does. I think yeah. there's a line like, that's some ice cold shit, Joker, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. He said, yeah, after he does it, one of the other dudes like gives him props for it. Oh. 
Why did I have it? I had it the other way around. I had it that Joker. I thought Joker was the one who's saying that we can't leave her like this. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought he. I thought he couldn't stomach. Actually, I have it in my head that she, he couldn't stomach shooting her, and so then one of the other people do. No, Mm-mm. maybe it, it, the camera sits on him for a while, and you see him kind of start grimacing. Yeah, and then you hear the shot. So like he's sitting there, yeah. like pointing the gun at her and fighting it for a while, yeah. and then he makes like a pretty ugly, about to cry grimace face, shoots her, and then. Okay. That's some cold shit. So do you think that's the that's moment, though, was. where Joker actually, like, that is hard for him to still do that, though? Because when his gun locks, like, he's, because the sniper's coming after him, and his gun locks, he throws it down, and he grabs his handgun, and he can't get the shot off, and that's when Rafter Man yeah. comes in. It's almost like he... He never freezes. even makes a, mood, a move back around the pillar. He just yeah. is, like, he kind of struggling and freaking moment, out. Yeah. yeah. Or Rafter Man, who is the guy you kind of are thinking throughout this film is like, this isn't for him. Because earlier in the film, when they're flying in the helicopter with the guy, he that was about shoot, to puke. Yeah, 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 he is puking in the in the helicopter. So Permission I just kinda, not to bring Rafter Man, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, you were asking, and I, yeah, I think he does have a, a, a interest or is fascinated with the idea of transformation and like the change that that exists. I think yeah, Gomer Pyle is a very easy one to to make note of. So speaking of him, where do you, do you think it was specifically the soap? Like that's the incident that made him go crazy. Yes. And then he just he isolated himself, so to talking to his gun. That was like the snapping moment. And I think I think too was the very last person to hit him was Joker, who was supposed to be his mentor and his confidant, his friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like that was like all right, like not only like. Maybe he could handle the fact that, like, the other, you know, yeah, um, individuals didn't like mm-hmm. him. But I think the fact that, like, the one that, like, he's confided in, who's been a big help for him, who he's created a relationship with, turned his, his back on him, I think, was the big part. Yeah, it was hard to kind of, honestly, watching that, and I don't know if it's just I'm more of a softy, but to see the, like, abuse that he got was kind of hard to stomach. It was a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. in some of those moments. Like, the slapping, <clears throat> like, as he's trying to answer... Um, just a lot of it. Yeah. But then you lose a little bit of that sympathy. The donut scene, you almost lose sympathy. It's like, you fucking idiot. Come on. Like, right. I get it that you're you're out of shape and the running, whatever. Like, people will forgive you for that. But when you and like he's the deliberately. And the thumb and it's yeah. just like yeah. demoralizing. Yes. Yeah. But like the donuts, like that. So they make you sympathize. But then it's like, no, you keep dis- making decisions to F up. So it's almost like you are okay with it for a little bit longer. And then I think you, you sympathize again after he gets the crap kicked out of him with the bars of soap. I just, I struggle with like, I feel like what they, they try to depict is that he has some form of like mental deficiency. I think so. And if Mm -hmm. that is the case, the thing that I am struggling to be able to, to understand or, or to really grasp in it though, is like, you have to do some sort of like entrance like it's Vietnam, he's all Vietnam. Coming oh, so in, you in think so? Are all these people being drafted then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So at that if point, if you're an able-bodied man, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you think they're actually being drafted into the Marines though? Like the Marines is actually pretty hardcore versus standard. That's a good question, and I do yeah. know that in peacetime, it's way more difficult to you know enlist as a Marine than times of active war, but. Yeah, I, I would wonder, too, uh, screening for the Marines versus just General Army. I don't know. I mean, for being a big boy, he he was like a – he could have probably been like a football lineman or something. So yeah. they're probably like, yeah, we'll take the big-bodied dudes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and I think um, what's important to call it too, like you said, Chris, the mental disability and case you said madness, that's it. It helps me understand anyway, why he does what he does, because at that moment, you know, if that's your life, you're, um, I, I don't know his rank. So just all apologies for rank misuse throughout this <laughs> military episode. But, um, that, I mean, that's why he goes after his, uh, Sergeant because you're the, you're the threat, you know, like you're, mm-hmm. how many times can you kick a dog before it bites you? Mm-hmm. So in that warped way, he is acting in self-defense. Yeah. In the book, um, after he kills or shoots Hartman, right before Hartman dies or whatever that same character's name in the book says to pile, like, I'm proud of you. No shit. That's, That's heavy. That's dark. Yeah. 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 So the idea is like, okay, you are sympathizing for him, but at the same time, like the whole point of having them there in boot camp is like, they are like kind of erasing who they were before they came mm-hmm. there and they are making them killing machines. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, how you feel like you're the whole, you're just, we're going to train you to fucking kill. Like that's the whole mantra. Yeah. And I was going to say one thing I liked about that too, is like he finally started having a little bit of success. Like, I think he was talking about like when they were doing some of like the, the shooting targets and ranges, like he was doing really, really good. Like you're a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. Finally figured out something that you're good at or whatever. Um, but one of the things that I really appreciated about that kind of, um, like the way that the story was told with him was when he, after he got Joker as his mentor, you actually saw a little bit, bit of an uptick in performance. And you're like, oh, of course, right? Like, it's going to be like every other movie trope where he gets this first and he teaches him how to do it. And now he's good and whatever, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. The like, they yeah, make it to war together, shot. you know, and like, and then he's fine. And they go you know, back home they need and they make, start a, a montage, you know, but like he did have that uptick and then it immediately went back and he started doing poorly again. And that was not something that I was anticipating or expecting in my like very first view of this which I really appreciated. Like it, it bucked the norm mm-hmm. and I thought that was a really, um, really interesting just cause it was so different I and mean, you weren't expecting it. And again, then it just continues to tell that story. And like, that's then what creates additional tension between he and Joker and the rest of the, the group. Well, and similarly too, I was, I think I mentioned this in our chat, but, <laughs> um, where this is where Kubrick, uh, flips the script as he does with so many movies. Um, I, I just think of some of my favorite war military films like Saving Private Ryan, Platoon. Um, I know there's others, The Hurt Locker. There's an air of patriotism in all of them, even though like war is foobar. You know, it still brings out the little bit of, oh, I see what they're doing. You know, it's writer for the USA, e- even just a little bit. This is the first one where I watch. I'm like, this sucks. Like, it's like an anti-recruitment video. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, this is actually what Vietnam is. Like, this really, really sucks. You don't want any part of this. And the whole like boot camp recruitment part, um, I've watched some videos of I think it was like Marines today watching this movie, and like just a lot of Marines in general, or maybe just military in general that have watched this movie said like this. Is, I think it's changed, but like this is like how it was. Like the you know the, the drill sergeant like in your face and just like kicking your ass and just kind of how you are trained. Like this is the most realistic film that kind of shows you how everything used to be again i think they dialed some of that back but it's a 
pretty accurate portrayal of how to make a killing machine. I couldn't hack it. No, no, fuck no. Mm-mm. I struggle with authority and like someone yelling at me <laughs> and telling you? me and telling what? me what to do would. You would be the smirking Gomer. Oh, yeah, I hate it when people tell, tell me what to, to do, even though it's probably the right thing to do. I oh, one hundred percent. Like, do <laughs> I am, I am wrong at least half the time. Like, I know it. Like, there's, it's just I'm stubborn, and I just I wait. Do you hate being told what to do so much that even when someone tells you to have a nice day, you're like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you have, have a good nice one. Day. No, I won't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually not a big war movie person, um, but kind of like with The Shining, I'm not a horror person either, but uh, this did it in, in a unique way. And I think uh, you were making a point earlier, um, off the mic too, and I said save it for the pod, uh, the lines, Kubrick's lines and angles and focal points and how watching this between other war movies was kind of interesting because it's so much different than other war movies because it's Kubrick. Um, but what I was going to say is there were a, a few moments where it would be very Kubrick-esque and be flowing wrong, but then the shit would happen or they'd be in fighting and then it would get down to like gorilla cam and you're running with them. So it was really, that that actually like caught me off guard a little bit when those transitions would kind of mm-hmm. abruptly yeah. go from normal smooth pans to boom, now we're running with the action because we're in the middle of a fight scene. I thought that was a really good way to kind of up the tension. Yeah. He does have really cool scenes though that he shoots in this movie where I think it's right before where they're doing the interviews where it's like all the soldiers are down behind like a wall. Then there's like people that are carrying like the cameraman people. Yeah. There's like people carrying stretchers by then there's the cameraman part. So you kind of have three different things kind of moving at the same time as like the cameras moving across the the screen. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what was that almost like masturbation? Like here I am making a movie about (laughs) people making a movie about my movie. Totally. Totally. And I guess the, the sound guy that's in that shot is, was like the actual sound sound guy. guy. (laughs) And I love that they flip the camera and show, they just show the camera person. So it's like, you're watching a movie of the people who are watching, making a movie. Yeah. Put the mirror on you viewer. So how old were you the first time you watched this? Three. <laughs> well, we gotta talk to your parents. Because, <laughs> like, for I, reason why I ask is like yeah. I think about like the first time I watched this, I I was too young to like grasp a lot 100%. of the shit yep, in this, and like so it's been really I think a lot just, of fun to go back. Yeah, because even the, from the last time I watched this was probably I mean it's years ago. It's yeah, probably I picked it up on, when it first came out on Blu-ray, so it's probably like ten years ago. But it just like even now from then, just like the other stuff of being able to pick on it and just how much is in this movie. Like I just think everyone kind of should kind of watch this movie because it's not it's a war movie, but it's not specifically about a war. Hmm. You know, like you don't really there's not a whole lot about Vietnam. It's not, or I guess it's not. Well, it's not like Dunkirk, right? Where it's yeah. like it's about like a yeah. specific, specific battle. Event, right. Or, this is, yeah. This is about these people that you're following. It's more. Like, it's more. The story is more about them yeah. than it is the actual war that's going right, on. Right. Right. I think. I think the first time I saw this movie, I had just finished high school, so eighteen or nineteen. Okay. But I don't. I think like you, I didn't. I didn't appreciate it, or I didn't know how to appreciate it. Yeah. I would say, but like, you liked it, but you didn't. I really, yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Like I thought it was just, yeah, I thought it was a really engaging story. Even then, and I, I remember thinking like, oh, this is. 
at that point, like seeing there's something like, different felt, about this. Yeah. yeah. And I'd never seen the idea of like where you're watching like a part one and a part two. Like that's how this movie felt to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. Is very, very different. And in, in that they, they were kind of separate stories. Um, but yeah, I was, I was way too young to really understand and like pick up on a lot of stuff either. And now too, like we were talking about this, um, for the shining, but similarly, like there are a lot of things in this movie that I picked up on that have become a part of the, the normal vernacular zeitgeist, um, like Gomer Pyle. And I never knew where that came from in, and that was just really a fun experience too, watching it now and like having a little bit more of like that understanding. But well, Gomer Pyle is that like is that f- a from, show from like the sixties? Oh, so that's not okay. Then about kind of like this doofy like army dude, God, which that's yeah. why so is that like was it Mash or it was the it show was no, actually it was called like Gomer Pyle? Oh, it so was. I don't know. Mm. But. So speaking of pop culture references, is this yeah. where? Uh, what was that Rex and FX song, Oh, Me So Horny? Is this where that came no. from? Or is that well, just actually, legit? That's, that's the other thing. No, I was going to say, that's, too, uh, was like, I'd not Two Live that. Crew. Yeah, that's Two Live Crew, and yeah. that was, like, sparked the whole, um, like, a huge censorship debate yeah. in the early 90s. And Is that where they got it? It was after this came out? They're like, oh, let's watch Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, because that was the same thing. Like, I heard that, and I was like, oh, that's really... Because that was, like, one of, like, the first scenes in, like, the second part was, like, mm-hmm. him trying to, like, barter... <laughs> no one wants yeah, to say no, it. No, no one's oh, gonna get it out. So horny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just the early '90s, the two live crew stuff. So Coach when I I was in, we have the um, explicit mm-hmm. lyrics or whatever. Because the two live yeah. crew, two live crew. Yeah, thanks, two live crew. So horny. I watched this when I was in high school, and I distinctly remember almost just throwing away my thoughts and opinion on the second half. To me, it was just the first half was the film. Um, yeah. It wasn't until like subsequent rewatches where I appreciated what was One really happening at the yeah. end too. But it was always two films in my head, and the first it part is though, was what I liked because like the beats of that first half yeah. at boot camp is just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And yep. we're like everything else after that, yeah. I think it progresses a With little the bit. The chaos more of war versus slowly. the preparation yeah. of well, war. So like the storyline of the of the, the soldiers is slower. Yeah, I exactly. I felt like he also he being Kubrick also tried to push the idea of like routine like yeah. how many times yeah. we saw them running in like yeah. singing a the same tune but with different lyrics and like how many times did we see him you know having to to do their like nighttime evening routines and like that was to me a big part of the boot camp was like just finding like getting into that routine mm-hmm. and being able to like find some of that monotony and then you get into war and you don't have like everything is chaotic yeah and it's a nice trick at the end too, where um, after boot camp we go to war, and then you see just the awful stuff. Like, how can you kill women and children? Easy. You just don't lead them as much. You know, you get that guy yeah. in the chopper. Yes. Yeah. You get the guys at camp where he meets cowboy. But then, you know, they get to the bottleneck with the sniper, and he shows you the sniper, so you know what's going on. So when they're trying to debate, you know, should they attack or retreat, and the guys just keep getting picked off, you're like, oh god, you know, like you guys. It's a figure, trap. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say, the I fog love of that war too. creeps in. And... Yeah, it's a trap. Like, I've seen this before, and nobody, like, wants to, yeah, nobody wants to listen to it. Some animal mother's like, it's just a fucking sniper. Like, we got to go yeah. save uh, 
Eight ball. Eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I after did. they kill Cowboy, he's like, let's go get some revenge. Yeah. And everyone's like, all right, all let's right, go. Let's do this. I did really like to, as that second like part started, where there was, there's again, this kind of contrast between what they do as journalists and like we don't have to we don't have to get in the shit we don't have to get into the real like you know blood and guts and all that and and we we can just you know write about it from afar versus like no we want to and then like you get to see what that's really like being on the front lines and being in that and that those just felt like two very um different experiences and like important moments yeah there's some good good scenes I like when we start getting that crossover yep. is when um, Joker and Raptor Man go to that whatever platoon group where we meet like animal mm-hmm. other guys but mm-hmm. where the one guy's sitting there and there's like the dead guy with his hat on yeah. he's like here take a photo of me and my friend it's his birthday <laughs> it's just yeah. like so super like super weird, weird and twisted yeah, yeah I was just so thrown off by that. Like, why would like why would you as a cameraman like be like, yeah, all right, I don't know, I don't know that, I don't know. That was that was a bizarre. Like, it's good. Well, that's, why would he, why would he go? Why would Rafter go along with it? I don't. I just think that is a part of what happened during that war, though. Well, I'm sure it is. I mean, it happened in Guantanamo too. Like yeah, there's not as all bad those as Vietnam, but no, but I'm just saying like where people are like taking oh, like, right. pictures I, I, I inappropriately so where that? they shouldn't like, be. Like, right. why right. is he taking that picture? Right. Why do you just say, right. gotcha. Yeah. Like that's what I like. I, I believe that that stuff happens. Gotcha. The thing that I'm struggling with, is why, <laughs> why do you document it? Right. It's the same. Hold reason. on. Everything you just said, you could cut out of context and you could say it about everything on Facebook. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> why do we have to talk about it? Uh, what is, what's, your favorite sergeant uh pile or partman line yeah i think it's the uh fight i don't i won't go first this time i just like you can't say steers and queers anymore but that's pretty cutting from texas yeah Yeah. you just you can't say that anymore (laughs) i just did i'm sorry (laughs) you'll be getting hate mail probably (laughs) Right You're about you're to going. be canceled. Right. Yeah. We're gonna cancel you. Uh, I've always just loved the how tall are you? Blah blah blah. Didn't I didn't know they stack piles of shit that high. That has always been my favorite line. Followed closely by uh, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. It's <laughs> 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 close second. Shooter McGavin. I like the. Um, it's pretty. Where he's like, do you? I think it's all in one. Where he's like, do you do you suck dick? Would you fuck a man in the ass and not even have the common courtesy to give him a reach around? around? <laughs> the great thing about that, though, is Arlie Ermy like ad libbed all that shit, and just like, like on the spot. That's incredible. And he was like, he was like, I was getting kind of upset, or somebody was saying Arlie Ermy was Arlie Ermy was getting upset because he would just say that stuff on the cuff. Then like Kubrick would be like writing this stuff down, <laughs> then want him to like just recite his lines again. He's like you got to say that again. You got to do that again. But yeah, it's like that. Like. All like the songs and everything. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was saying that he gained like eighty pounds for that character. Wow, ouch! And then like he's like by the end of it, he's like I was starting to get pretty fit again. But he said Arlie Ermy like did all that like the the marches and like the gun shit twirling around. He's like he's like they sound like they essentially were like going through boot mm-hmm. camp themselves. Wow, which is again, it's like I feel like this is like stuff that 
can't happen anymore because of like actors unions and right. But like Kubrick did it. Cause again, he's like a, a slave to, I don't know. Like, Leo fought that bear for that Oscar. <laughs> saying just saying just saying was that the bear from the shining <laughs> maybe with <laughs> 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 this butt flap down it I, it's no like itself. it's like weak point you know it's like yeah. a boss battle <laughs> 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 so the butt <laughs> Lord. i do like what is this mickey mouse shit just because i feel like that's something that old people say like they have context yes, and, right like but i yeah. i have no idea what that means <laughs> I do want to just talk about how good I thought D'Onofrio was in this movie. Yeah, he's pretty I just thought spectacular. He, he played his character so good. In the wry smile at the beginning that he can't like get the shit eating grin off. He like all of his like kind of blank stares and like I like there were multiple times where I was struggling to understand is he slow or is he just like being like like dumb or like purposefully Obtuse. challenging obtuse you know and i just i thought he did such a great such a great job with it minus the like the last hat like where he like shoots people i don't know that seemed a little bit like i don't know his 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 like his moments where he's like just looking so crazy is like oh boy it felt a little put on the bathroom scene yeah. where he's like a yeah. rabid dog yeah trapped in the corner yeah kind of that one just felt a little bit yeah put on but yeah a little bit over the top maybe more than yeah but i thought he did a great job yeah i totally forgot about that scene oh yeah like upon rewatching this again had any of you ever heard of the term head being the bathroom before no i'd never heard that make it clean enough to uh the virgin mary would yeah. Take a shit on it. <laughs> I really did like the 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 interplay between uh, Joker and Sergeant Hartman, where he like basically tells him that he doesn't believe in God or Jesus. He's not religious, and like his I don't know that kind of like back and forth, and him finally being like, "All right, like I respect somebody who can stand up, yeah. even if they're." Stupid. And then he calls <laughs> Snowball over and he's like, you're fired. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I love how he dismisses him so flippantly. Yeah. Uh, I, for the record, I think I could probably climb up and over that ladder thing. Not quickly, uh, but I could get up and over it. Yeah. I don't know if I could. Not really? quickly. Yeah. Are you afraid of heights? Yeah. See, I am too, but I, I think it's a big ladder. Just hold on. I, I think I could do yeah, it. Yeah, but there's... It's a big, big ladder. It's yeah. true. <laughs> it's a big, big ladder. I think I climb up and over, but I could absolutely not do a pull-up. Yeah, I've never no, done I think I can do one pull-up. Pull up, sir. I, I used to not I be used able to. I used to be able to do some, but not now. Did you guys have, uh, what's the, just like in phys ed. Obesity. Yeah, I had that. <laughs> President <laughs> Fitness Award. There we go. Yeah. Presidential Fitness yeah. Award. Yeah, I had to hang from the bar because I couldn't do a pull-up. Oh, dude, oh, they yeah. wouldn't let me. Yeah. We got to try a pull-up and we failed. And then you get the... Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Theater of the mind again. <laughs> so what you missed was Chad sat back in his chair and emulated doing a pull-up. <laughs> so I I like when he did this for The Shining. So you asked everyone, what would you give this as like a rating? So like your 
five out of five, ten out of do you ten, do... 12 out oh, of 13. Oh, are you thinking and... like, do we want to save that for the whole movie? Or are you thinking you want to do a part, like, what would you give one on, like, yeah, five out of five on part one in part two? I don't think you can rate them separately because yeah. I think it's it's important. Yeah, the, so should the... we save that till, or are we done? I don't know. No, he's just saying holistically. Saying. Okay. Yeah. You want to do that now or do you want to wait till we talk about well, we wait. part two? Right. You have any more you want to talk about part one? I don't think so. No? No. I, I was a, I did think, and obviously I knew because I'd seen it, but it does appear that he might shoot Joker too. Like he, he you know what I'm saying? Like after he shoots What's-His-Face, he's got the gun up. For a second, it's almost as mm-hmm. though he's gonna shoot him too. But then, yeah. obviously, doesn't. But was that part of the? Sure. Was that just the slow mo? Maybe. Okay. No, no. When he's standing there and, and he's like, "Cool down, man." Yeah. Oh, got it. Like you don't know if he's gonna also just kill yeah. everyone or what, and then he sits down and. Which that I mean, graphic. which he should have yes. shot Joker once for like the, the soap incident. Just once, like just not like, like just like a like shoot his yeah, just yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, just a, something. Just a, you know, tag he, him. He it had it be, coming. It, it could be no, no. Actually, think about it. It could be a, a, the right thing to do. You shoot him in the foot. He doesn't get sent out to Vietnam. That's right. Yeah, but maybe he wants him to be in the world of shit. Ooh. you just made me think of something though, Casey. So you said it was graphic, and you're absolutely right. Way more graphic than anything that happens in The Shining. So why do we give these films like a horror classification? When everything that happens in Full Metal Jacket is way more horrifying than anything that takes scary. place in The Shining, I the think that's right. Yeah. yeah, I just—it's a weird. I thing think I think it's what the purpose, genre. like what the purpose of it is, because I think the if the purpose is to scare, then it's horror. If the purpose is to show like the brutality of war, then it's not right. So I think it's like whatever the intent is. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just weird. Place I, that I we probably these. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, one thing, you know, let's go into the part, the second part. And one thing that I want to talk about is just how much I enjoyed Joker's character in the second yeah. part. Because mm-hmm. he just becomes a smartass. Yep. And has a, a quip for everything. And I really feel like they are trying to push a couple things. Like... I think they're trying to push like that he's like got a good like moral compass. Um, I, I think they're trying to push that in some of those conversations where they're kind of going through like the stories that they've written and some of his challenges with with the authority and like writing, you know, the the feel good pieces. Um, I think they said they have two endings and he wasn't kind of abiding by either of them. Um, and then I also think like they're trying to push just his intelligence in general as well. And kind of like that. He's a deep thinker Um, again, being a journalist. And then, you know, I think he said that he wrote for his paper. And again, um, one of the scenes I want to talk about is when they found the, the mass grave in the um, kind of the, the back and forth between the, I don't know, again, if he's a sergeant Sergeant or or commander or whatever, but where he talks about the peace pin and then the born to kill helmet that he has. And, what that was and he you know first asked him do you think that's funny or what is this about and he goes no i don't think it's funny all right then what is it about and he just doesn't he really says, i don't know the first yeah thing. i don't know yeah. and then he gets pushed on it and he says well it's supposed to i think i'm trying to talk a little bit about the duality of man and i think for me that is a really interesting thing because again i think it comes in a couple times thematically within the movie as well 
um, when you look at at you know some of the um, some of the pieces with with Gomer being um, again like both struggling but also at times like exceeding expectations with like the the rifle piece um but i think some of that stuff too when we were talking about like towards the end with um with the uh the sniper and how people are sometimes able to to act outside of their norm the idea of like the duality being like like having the opportunity to do things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise do or that are maybe heroic. And we were talking a little bit about like Rafter and like his behavior that was unexpected. Yeah. And it's something too, that the more society advances, like the further we get away from it, you know, like have five, 500,000 years ago, it's mm-hmm. way more brutal. Just, you know, we, we have now we, we, we have swords. We didn't have sharp sticks <laughs> trying to take land from each other. But, um, one of the things I thought of, uh, specifically with Joker as the writer, um, one of my favorite i read a little bit of poetry i'm not like that much of a snob but there's nerd <laughs> right there's this volume though of world war 1 poetry um and that's kind of what what i go back to and what i think of is you know these these guys soldiers on the front they're kids just not just like vietnam different conflict but whatever but yeah they're creating these poems that are so beautiful and killing guys tomorrow you know yeah. but they wouldn't be able to write that had they not done what they did yeah. So it's it's a weird thing that happens. Wait, so are you saying that if I want to be a really good poet, I have to start <laughs> just kill some murder people? <laughs> That's what right. I'm saying. That's the secret? That's the secret sauce. Or knew it. drink a lot. Yeah. So you're saying you really like the Joker character. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, when they're doing the interviews, when they interview Joker, um, he says something like, I always wanted to be the... F- I wanted to be the first one on my bot block to with go to Vietnam for the confirmed kill. Yeah, <laughs> but again, I don't. I had a hard time like buying into like he's not. Well, he's every like, single one of those guys was fabricating, right? All those stories right, they were all, all boasting up. Yeah. So is that him being funny, or is that him like boasting up? Like, yeah, I want to be the first one on my block. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I yeah. didn't know how to read that. Yeah, I that's, think it's like, were Marines drafted or did they enlist? Yeah. I think that's the question. Right. I guess we really don't know. Cowboy definitely enlisted. The guy in the plane shooting people. Yeah. Drafted. <laughs> he enlisted. Yeah. Enlisted. Well, and you brought up a scene where the, the camera guy was following along. Was it the same scene or another one where they were panning across the team that, that Joker had joined, all those guys, and they like, like they were like telling stuff, a story like, almost, and they right, just went. It was right. it's the such a clever, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was such a clever little snippet, and like obviously it was staged because it's a movie. Yeah. But to have like them just like continuing down the line and and riffing off each other, it was really funny. Yeah, it's right before this other scene too, where it's like two of them die, and like the two bodies are laying there, and it's kind of going around. They're all kind of saying like they're oh when they get hit by the like, mines or whatever. Yeah, yeah and one guy's oh, yeah. like Semper Fi and says like you're going home now. Then it starts better going, you not me better you than me. Animal mother. Then Raptor Man says, uh, well at least they died for a good cause. And Animal Mother's <laughs> like, what was that? And he's like, well they died for freedom. Animal Mother's like. Well, if I'm going to die for a word, that word's going to be poon Pooned. <laughs> that guy was nuts. Yeah, some of this made me think of, has anybody read uh, Johnny Get Your Gun? Oh, yeah. 
yeah. like it's made me think so about like that as well. Like the very, like that's also broken up into parts. It's two parts. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. And at the very end of part one, he talks about like, there's nothing worth dying for. Cause when you're dead, you're dead. You're lower than a rat. You're lower than shit. It doesn't matter because you're dead. Um, and I felt like there were like some of those ideas of like, if I'm going to die for anything, it sure shit ain't freedom. Well, Joker says a line. It was, um, the, the scene that you were just talking about, yeah. about the, the peace pin and yep. the born to kill. And, and he's like, says something to the, how was it? There's only one thing that the dead know that it's better to be alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, and that was just him narrating it. Yeah. 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 It's the same idea. Um, one thing I did want to make mention of just outside of the movie per se, but uh, <clears throat> the, the art, the like, Oh, like the Ho Chi Minh, like, the, well, no, no, I'm sorry. I was gonna say just the actual uh, like movie like poster, like the oh uh, with the helmet. Yeah, with the helmet is so oh, iconic yeah. to me. Born yeah. To like, kill. yeah, the born to kill. And is it on a rifle? I think that's like in the ground, right? But yeah, every time I see that, like it's just to me, it's just a really cool looking um, image. I think it's very powerful. So do. You you had brought up war movies, so I don't, do you mm. want to get it? Do you want to talk about war movies in general, or? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, just what do I like, or what? Uh, what about war movies, Chad? How? Where would you rate this in like war movies, and what would be a couple oh, of your like? Favorite? God, it's. I mean, again, it's so different because, like I said, this one feels like the anti-recruitment movie yeah. that the other ones are not. So I, but I, it doesn't romanticize as much, right? And I think maybe I'm, you know, more of a sucker for the I, mine is Saving Private Ryan. That's that's my answer. Just I, and maybe it's the opening scene. I don't know, but I do like the Band of Brothers aspect with you know Tom Hanks and Sizemore and all the other guys in his unit. Um, I really like that. Uh, um, but yeah, I think it's probably the realism of the D Day scene just is hard to beat for me. Yeah. <clears throat> that is a pretty powerful scene. Did you have? Well, yeah, I was gonna just jump in because I, I don't. I've said it a few times. I don't yeah. like war movies. I'm a bleeding heart hippie pacifist. Um, but if they're really good, they're worth watching. So I think, honestly, Dunkirk might be my favorite war movie. Oh, that's a good one. That one's really good too. Yeah. Yeah, I would say this is pretty high up there. I really like Platoon as well. I thought Dunkirk was visually incredible. Um, I really enjoyed Dunkirk. Um, I don't know. Like this is, I, like Last Samurai. I don't know why, but I've always really appreciated that one. And I don't know if you'd call that a war one or not. But are you a sneaky Scientologist? No. (laughs) I could see that. I could see that. You think so? Wait. Oh, I thought you were going to say sneaky Scientologist. Sneaky. Sneaky. No, I I I enjoyed the Last Samurai too. I thought that was a good film. Yeah. Minus the you know midget Tom Cruise. (laughs) <laughs> what? Oh, he's like he's like five. He's six. not he's not tall, but he's yeah. not, he's not he's short, but he's yeah. not that short. But I, I think he's really sensitive about his height. So I'm hoping he hears this and, that, and hopefully that's I don't why he jumped on the couch. Yeah, that's why right. to show off his height. <laughs> he, <laughs> look act, time, he actually look wears uh, platform shoes. Yeah. Did you know that? That doesn't surprise that. me at all. That's <laughs> it, that's his whole life is compensating for how he thinks he's short. Hmm. That's why he does all his own stunts. So gotta prove I'm cool. And then the Phaetons will come and yeah. bring me the Xantron to 
<laughs> so our souls will be ejected to the volcano when the aliens come. Next week on <laughs> Movie Time Machine, we'll be looking at going clear. We'll share all of our thetan levels. Is that like a so, strengths finder? <laughs> right, so you said platoon and... Yeah, platoon. You know, last summer, right? I guess... That'll... Would you call that a war movie? Yeah, no, I haven't no. seen it. You've never seen it? No. I, yeah, no. I'd say so. I think so. Yeah. Hmm, let me see here. Are you gonna like do some bullshit like Braveheart, or are you gonna? <laughs> oh, uh, the, the Patriot, Braveheart, <laughs> the Patriot. The Patriot. Yes. Oh my God, do you remember in the Patriot? Do you remember <laughs> when? No, seriously, the cannon. It's a terrible movie, but there's one. There's one scene where a cannon go, a cannon goes off, and you see like the cannonball take someone's leg. Yeah, out. No, it takes the entire head. Oh, yeah. like it decapitates the dude, and it is it is brutal and vulgar. It was. Didn't Gibson direct that? That yeah. was him. Yeah. He had probably just seen the what? The last Mohican wasn't that? That was that the name of the movie? The last Mohican. The last of the Mohicans. The last of the Mohicans. He probably watched that and was like, "I want to make that myself." Because didn't he like hatchet fight a whole gang of soldiers? Sure did. In almost the same exact sure manner that happens in the last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Are you gonna I say something that like? That's which one? Last of the Mohicans. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. great film. Oh, uh, Gibson watched it and was like, "I want to make right. my own with America." Then he made the Apocalypto one. Oh, I actually oh, kind of liked it. I didn't see that. Though. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. That is like... It's pretty cool. I don't think it's historically accurate. No. But it's like... That I would say is close to a horror movie. <laughs> the part yeah. where like, they're all in line, they're going up to get their heads chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about war movies. Um, it's like Home Alone I would with say White People. Paths of Glory, which I just recently watched, is a, is a Kubrick film, is, is a movie that I think everyone should see. It's kind of... a lot. Not probably not as good as Full Metal Jacket, but along the same lines of that, it's not a, a patriot film. It's not a recruitment film. It's probably an anti-recruitment film, mm-hmm. but it takes place in World War One around the French army. Who is in Glory? Broderick. It was Broderick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Wrong movie. No, absolutely. <laughs> Civil War. I was like, <laughs> uh. oh, I used to really love the Civil War series, North and South, from the '80s, starring Patrick Swayze. Oh, Ghost Man himself. He, yeah. he played the North and the South. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was actually one man play. <laughs> <laughs> one man musical. Yeah. And he just had a uh, he just had a cape that uh, had both uh, blue and red on that he would just flip around. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or he's just <laughs> American flag, Confederate oh, yeah, flag. Yeah. And, and so it's based on what? No, it's based on what profile he's showing. Yeah. <laughs> Confederate on one Let's side. Uh, oh, no, fuck! They're gonna steal it like your other idea. <laughs> Community play. Uh, so, Pass the Glory, Dunkirk, and Platoon are probably my favorites. Mars Attacks, Mars probably attacks. the best <laughs> war, war, war movie. Yeah. Lord, war Lord of the Rings. <laughs> It's a great war movie. Only if you count the third one with the big battle at the end. (laughs) There's a war there. War of the Worlds. Marriage story. I like War of the Worlds because all the worlds are at war. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the biggest war. (laughs) It's it's the sequel to the World War. Yeah. I feel like we got to stop doing two. (laughs) Um, I do not not like... um, Saving Private Ryan, though. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. I'm I dead. remember seeing that in the theater. I just, yeah, because that came out in 98. I remember walking out of that, and I was just like, I did not like this. This was, I thought, like, the scenes were cool, like, with, like, the 
how realistic they made like the especially like the storm in the beaches of Normandy, mm-hmm. which kind of like well, I think it was probably one of the first movies that made that look as graphic and real as it probably actually was. Yeah, but is that Spielberg? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But man, it is like I had to just watch a couple scenes to like just make sure that this feeling still holds. But I was like, it's man, heavy. this movie is some bullshit. <laughs> just Dude, like the you say? just like bar? just like the fucking like. The beginning where they're like following like their grandfather, you know, and just like stops and looks at the flag. I'm just like, man, this is all bullshit. It just kind of trivializes a little bit like or like the whole thing of like, we got to go save this one person because he's like the last son left. Right. Of this family. So they got to bring him back home or like his brother died. Right. He's the mm-hmm. only one left. Right? Brothers. Brother. Brothers. I don't know. I just such like bullshit like patriotic does that even shit. exist like, with is that a real thing where they'll go try to pull the last brother out That's, i don't know maybe back then if it was something about like being able to like carry on a namesake and if you're white yeah yep. right. also, <laughs> it's a big one yeah i don't know but I, i've never like war movies i'm not a big history guy so like war movies have never really done Same. it for me yeah like i don't find myself uh, I'm more, compelled to see them. Yeah. But again, like when they're done well, like again, Full Metal Jacket is done so well. Mm-hmm. Platoon is so good. Like almost, I think mm-hmm. all of us had Platoon on ours. Yeah. Stripes. Like, yeah. oh, stripes. I do <laughs> love Stripes. Though. Stripe I is like the, uh, the anti-matter of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like the, whatever. But but I think, the I black think in order to be considered a war film, you have to have a scene where you're buzzing the heads. Busting, busting the hair off bzz, oh, with yeah. like a clipper right. stripes right they have a yeah they have it in stripes yeah. oh and i'd like to revise my favorite more movie um pearl harbor with ben Affleck. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i will say I'm, though chad yeah. you were talking about saccharine american patriotism yeah i recognize that's there but you know what film totally pulls that out of me and i don't care i'm all along for the ride remember the titans miracle <laughs> close <laughs> close <laughs> gotta go sports oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, mighty yeah, mighty yeah. ducks yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, out of curiosity, so, what yeah. would you rate this movie on a scale of one to five? I actually was going back and forth on this between like four and a half or five. I don't know. This I would probably a, say four and a half. This is a four and a half for me. Damn it! I was going to say four and a half. Sounds like I'm copying. But yeah, four and a half. But there's one little thing that I can't put my finger on that doesn't make it a five for me. But it's great. So this movie made me like uncomfortable in all the wrong ways. Like overt racism, violence, gore. Um, so that makes me want to give it a 4.5 because it made me feel bad. But I think that's the purpose for it. And it's, again, anti, anti-recruitment film. Like this is some fucked up shit. Humans killing humans is... So I think, I mean, I think I got to give it a five. All right. For All like, right. for the emotional impact it still carries. And I think the weight that Casey is scarred from watching, <laughs> from multiple viewings of yeah, this movie. It's rough. I do have one more question. This is the last. No, it's not a true false. Okay. So yes, this, is, 42. this is the last movie in our director series for Kubrick. I want to ask, what is your ranking from... 
favorite to least favorite. Of Kubrick? No, of the four that we watched. Yeah, not all, but of the four that we watched. Should we go? How do you want to do this? Let's rate all four. Put them in order. Yeah, yeah, put them in. The first one that you say is the one that you like the most on down. Should each person do all four, or should we just go around for each one? I think, no, I think each person does all four in one. Yeah, yeah. And just to call it out, the four were Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, Doctor Strange Love and 2001. Yeah. Yep. Do you want to go first? I'd yeah, love to. Okay. I mean, I like off, start from four. Off and the we'll work our way to the oh, top. Oh boy, I wanted to go the opposite way. Well, then there's more suspense. <laughs> okay. Then <laughs> maybe I needed to write this down. Okay. Um. So <laughs> or whatever. Do it. Whatever it okay. You so want. least favorite to yeah. to favorite. Okay. Uh, least favorite to favorite. So 2001: A Space Odyssey is my least favorite. Uh, then Doctor Strange Love. And then The Shining, and then Full Metal Jacket is my favorite. So Full Metal Jacket, Shining, Shining, two thousand one. No, Doctor Strange two thousand one. Did you notice how the way that you just did that? What made more sense to you was going top to bottom. When I, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's easier that way. <laughs> what a dick! No, I'm it just, is. I, I had to like flip my entire. I don't know. It was all right, but yeah. So I. I did not like 2001 that much. I thought that movie should be 20 minutes less in runtime. There were some amazing visual shots, but that movie was just meh. Full Metal Jacket is hands down my favorite. All right. So starting at four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one's tough. I think it's a close tie between three and four, um, between Doctor Strange Love and The Shining. Um, and that's not an indictment on either, because I think it's, if anything, it's the to show that the longer I've sat on it, the more I've appreciated Doctor Strange Love, because obviously The Shining is The Shining, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so then two would be Full Metal Jacket, and my favorite was 2001, which is strange to say that, because I think after my initial viewing of it, I wouldn't have said that, but the way that I still think about it, like, on occasion... And when a movie like makes me think back to it and go, right. oh, remember that detail? Or, oh, remember how I felt watching that? Um, I think it gets me. And I'm just a sucker for space. Casey likes space. Yeah. Spacey I Casey. freaking <laughs> love space movies, man. No Good arguments ones. here. That's why he really loved Power Rangers. Duh. Go, go, Power Rangers. Ivan, Ivan Ooze. <laughs> there it Dude, is. love Ivan Ooze. Oh, um, okay. I think my order is... I wish 2001 was higher, but I'd be lying to myself. It's number four. And then um, I, it's it's weird because they're two completely different movies, Strangelove and Full Metal Jacket. I, I think I like Strangelove more, but Full Metal Jacket is the better movie. Sure. So I'm going to go Strangelove 3, Full Metal Jacket 2, and then The Shining just tops everything for me. I would say I'd say the same thing about why I rated Full Metal Jacket more. It's a better movie. I would rewatch. Uh, sure. Doctor Strange of again because it's lighter. Obviously, they're both war movies, but it's lighter, and I like that kind of thing more. But you're right; I think Full Metal Jack is just a better film. Agreed. It's more of a masterpiece, right? Agreed. Compared to The Shining. To, no, to, to, to Doctor Strange. Strange Love. Love. Gotcha, gotcha. Up there. Um. So, I would start with at the bottom Doctor Strange Love, then 2001, then I think actually Full Metal Jacket. And then The Shining. And I think what the shine, why I'm putting The Shining as number one is that I feel like that movie 
um, rewards you the most with like each rewatch as far as like finding new things in it. Mm-hmm. It's, especially if you want to like go down like the, the crazy theories route. And that's always kind of fun to play with. But um, I think I watched this probably like two and a half times um, to prepare for this. Oh, wow. And just kind of broken up amongst like bus rides and stuff, but it was just kind of fun to like, Oh, like catching like all like the different cans and like the, the food storage mm-hmm. of the Calment can and like the red, it's just like, the, oh, we didn't even talk about this, but it's the whole, like the reds, the greens, mm-hmm. just, yeah. <laughs> and Whatever so, the fuck Wendy's wearing throughout all the movies. Yeah, right. But, well, and that movie has, a has had a bigger effect on pop culture overall yeah. too. So, right. It, yeah. it almost deserves that, too. Yeah. Also, if you're interested in playing along at home, look for our tweet that we're going to send out about this, where you get to give us your list, uh, Ooh, lowest, Twitter poll. lowest to top, and share with us uh, what your list is and your reason giving your lowest movie, uh, like the explanation for the lowest movie and your explanation for the highest movie. All right. Thank you, Chris. Um, so what about uh, Kubrick Film? Yeah, cubic films that you have seen outside of the ones that we covered, would you? How would they fit in those rankings? So like, I think Clockwork Orange would be, be high, up there, high for me. Yeah. I really thought like I'd never seen a movie like that before when I first saw mm-hmm. it. In the dialect, in like the the language again, it's so. I don't know if you've ever tried to read that book, it's so um, or have. It, I, it's a difficult read. It it's is. hard. It it's is. really difficult. <laughs> Um, but I just, I thought that was really, really unique. It's that movie though. Like Casey, you were talking a little bit about the idea of like rewatchable. Um, that movie is far less rewatchable for me, even though I think it's a much more interesting, good movie. Like that for me is a difficult movie to watch. Yeah, I won't watch Clockwork that Orange. one again. Yeah, I've no, seen yeah. it. I've and seen I, it twice. Kubrick had that. He Kubrick worked on having was a part of having that film banned in yeah. the UK. Was he really? Yeah. Because he thought... He's, like, he, I went too far? He thought he went too far yeah. in making that film. Well, I mean, it, yeah. It's, <clears throat> wow. It's, yeah. it's difficult. So there's... There, because some of the commentary on Full Metal Jacket was, like, he was very aware and conscious of, like, how graphic he was going to make scenes in this... In Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Because of saying that he did go too far. Wow. Yeah. But punch, like, I feel but... like there are a ton of movies that are like that, right? Yeah. That are really amazing movies that like, I don't know. I think of like they train be, spotting. Right, they I think really of like, great, but I will I never, never need to see that again. That's yeah. like, that is an emotional roller yeah. coaster. Maybe once yeah. a decade. Um, Bully like, by Larry Clark is like that for yeah. me. Um, kids. <laughs> yeah. Kids. And even I'm trying to think, uh, what is the the red dress one? Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh yeah, like that is not one that I like. It's incredible. It's really well yeah. done, but I can't watch that. Like no. American History X. I've only seen that once. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good movie. It's no, good. Right? Yeah. Like, no, it's right. it's so good. But when you're like, oh my god, that's so good, but I can't watch it again. Yeah. Like that. You ever watch Romper Snopper? Uh uh-uh. uh That's Russell Crowe, isn't it? I don't I know. I've not seen it. Yeah, I think it is Russell Crowe. After I crushed Russell Russell Crowe on our yeah. Gladiator podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Russell. Actually, I don't. I think he's just fine, but yeah. I do love Gladiator. The further I get from that movie, the more I realize how I like that movie. You oh, don't really? like it? Yeah. Oof. That's fine. 
I mean, but you also, <laughs> but you also like, you also like Mad Max Fury Road. So I can't take really what you say that serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, yeah. I think watching these four movies from Kubrick, it's kind of made me identify what I actually like about films. Yeah. It's because you always talk about like you like when there's like great dialogue and like people have like great lines back and forth. And people well, it's in it's lines. snappy and, too. Like in like that's right. why Sorkin's my favorite writer. Like that is a lot of like how how right. Sorkin writes, and I think like some of that too. Like I really like Shane Black. Like the way Shane Black writes as well is very like quips, like very smart and. Where yeah. I've, I am, I'm more into like a film where it has like, I'm into like sound, like sound design of a film is really important to me. And just like visually how everything is thrown together. But if it doesn't have that, a good story, right. all that other stuff will fall apart. But like, those are the things I notice first. And yeah. that's, that's kind of what I've, I've noticed as like a, a theme mm-hmm. throughout these four movies. Maybe not as much with like. Doctor Strangelove and um, with that film because the, the satire in that doesn't really mix, but just yeah. with like 2001 especially and The Shining and yeah, but yeah. Any other last final comments thoughts? No. It, has this so? What about like your feel feelings on Kubrick going into these movies and feelings coming out after watching them? Like any like. Has anything changed or like well, I think, kind of stayed the same? Or? I think I had made note of like I hadn't seen much of Kubrick outside of um, outside of Full Metal Jacket and Clockwork Orange, which is one of the reasons why I was so excited to, to choose or that somebody ch- chose him and they were going to have the opportunity to, to look more because I know that he's considered to be like a really um, incredibly gifted uh, director. So to me, I was really excited and I knew that I, I really enjoyed those two movies and thought they were really good. Um, watching these others, it made, I have a, a much greater appreciation for, again, I think we talked like his attention to detail, his visual pieces. Um, I don't think like I can say that he is like a favorite director of mine in the sense of, I didn't like his movies as much as I thought I was going to, or that I hoped that I was going to in regards to like rewatchability. Um, but I do think that he is somebody who has uh, full command of his craft. And I think he is probably one of the top directors when it comes to, again, just like the visual piece. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I went into this kind of revering him as a, you know, top tier, one of the best that's ever been and was glad to see a few movies. I hadn't, well, I guess the only one I hadn't seen completely was 2001 when we went into this. So I was glad to have seen it because it was on my list. But I'll, you know, go out of it. Go out of it. Add to my list. (laughs) Um, So, I I, I mean, I don't think I'm going out of it with much of a difference in opinion other than I'm glad to have seen 2001. Yeah. um, I, I picked Kubrick, and I think it's because I have seen... A, a big number of his films uh, with the exception of eyes wide shut and i there's a couple but um right. I, I i love i love most of his movies uh for different reasons and i think that's why maybe because they are so different he doesn't stick to a genre which i really appreciate mm-hmm. that's um, really cool to be yeah. able to to navigate through right. that right and seamlessly like right and and they all work in their own way and he's one too where um 
I have a handful where there's this director, whatever movie they make, I'm in. So it's it's like Stanley Kubrick, the Coen Brothers. It's like yeah, I'm in. I'll watch whatever they make. And I actually David Fincher. I'm I'm glad we're doing Agree. him. Yeah, he's one of those guys for me too. Yeah, again for me, like I've kind of I hadn't really seen a Kubrick film in a long time before we hopped into this. So I was like, you know, was it, was I in like a phase, you know, of, you know, like, especially like when it came to 2001, I was like, Oh, where am I at now with watching these movies? But I kind of, I kind of respect him more. I just am seeing bits and I guess it's kind of like taking like, Oh, this is actually what I like about film. And I'm, I'm connecting that together with, you know, especially like 2001 and the shining and, it makes me want to go back now and watch Eyes Wide Shut. Um, even like, I just want to go back and watch like the rest of his catalog now, which yeah. isn't very big. Um, he didn't do a lot of movies. He had a lot of time in, in between each of his films. So I'm, I'm when I have time, I'm going to go back and I think I'm going to watch Eyes Wide Shut next. So, but That's awesome. yeah, so n- probably more revered than was before, but I was still held him as very high and respectable as like a, director as even though i don't is not watching movies as much i not really i don't i couldn't name too many directors outside of kubrick outside your big ones like george lucas spielberg but <laughs> always start with lucas yeah. <laughs> but that a wrap that's a wrap you got a lot of editing to do <laughs> good right. luck uh, All right, thank you for listening to another episode of Movie Time Machine. Join us next week when we're going to dive into some David Fincher. And Jamie and I are going to try to close out John Carpenter and maybe do They Live, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I watch it. (laughs) Then also going to keep you notes, uh, Jamie and I, when we do our uh, mini pods, we're going to start doing Jamie's Horror Corner. We're probably going to visit some horror. Horror, horror corner or horror? horror. horror. It was horror. a horror film. <laughs> You'll just have no. to tune in and find yeah. out. <laughs> no, I never know. But thank you for listening. Uh, just let you know all of our, our <laughs> just let you know episodes will drop every Friday on your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, remember to share, like, and subscribe. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod, MovieMachinePod.com, and. Get involved with our uh, tweet later on so you can let us know what your list is of your favorite, uh, your top four, or your your four list of uh, movies. That we cover. Uh, you you say that better. I'm giving you ideas and you say it better. Hey, you jumped in. I was just going to just hand you the baton. So, But hey, great job trying, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't win them all. All right. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye.